How are you feeling today? Are you feeling alive and energetic or lethargic and weak? Listen to your heart. Welcome to the Healing Whisper, a return to peace. Your host for the hour is Dr. Marianne Chase. When we fail to understand and work on the root cause of our stress and illness, we seem to be in a never-ending spiral of poor health and low energy. It's time to re-harness that potential in order to live a better life. Now, here's Dr. Marianne. Hello, this is Dr. Marianne Chase, and I am so glad to have you with me today. Today, I have an extra special guest. Tack Young has been with me before on this show, and we will be talking about something very different. Well, maybe not so very different, but before we get into that, I would like everybody to know that you can connect with me on my website, thehealingwhisper.com, as well as the Facebook page, The Healing Whisper, and Twitter and LinkedIn. And I want to encourage everyone to head over to voiceamerica.tv. Check out my videos over there. It's called The Healing Whisper, Mary Ann's Garden. And... Yes, it is about gardening, but it is also about gardening mindfully. I also need to let everybody know this wonderful disclaimer that the show is for educational and informational purposes only. It is not intended to treat, diagnose, heal, or cure anything. Everything contained in this show is strictly the opinion of myself, Dr. Marianne Chase, and today's guest, Cac Young. Please always check with a licensed healthcare provider about any concerns that you may have. Welcome again to the show, Cac. It is such a thrill. Thank you so much. Dr. Mary Ann Chase, it's always a pleasure to be with you. You are so welcoming and wonderful on the air. Uh, I really am honored to, to share this time with you. Well, thank you. Today, we will be talking about feng shui, and Kak has told me that she adores doing feng shui. But before we get into that, let me tell everybody a little bit about you. You have a fairly long bio, and I have condensed it a wee bit. So, Kak Young is a former successful television director and producer who has earned a PhD in natural health and is a doctor of both clinical hypnotherapy and naturopathy. Besides being an active teacher, counselor, and coach, she was one of the very first few women to join the Directors Guild of America and served as a prominent member of the Women in Film Board of Directors. She was a vice president of television production and development at Universal Studios Hollywood and ran her own production company for 25 years. More importantly, at least to me, is CAC is dedicated to healing humans and animals and creating a long life through holistic methods. Her additional credits include a PhD in natural health, a doctorate in naturopathy, and completed 36 courses in nutrition from Baylor University. She is a doctor of clinical hypnotherapy and 
everything that goes with hypnotherapy. She is an author of 13 books. I won't list them all except two. And the one that's important for today is Feng Shui, The Easy Way, as well as the book that we talked about the last time we had CAC with us was The Chi of Crystals. And she is a certified master feng shui practitioner and president of Feng Shui Specialists, Inc. And she gives private consultation, teaches courses, classes, and presented lectures in the art and science of feng shui. And that is just a few of the things that CAC is very accomplished in. And so um, I could go on, but it might take the entire radio show. And so, <laughs> <laughs> well, CAC, let's start out with the first question very simply. Just what exactly is feng shui? Feng shui, people think of it as decorating. They think of it as maybe moving a few pieces of furniture and that's what you do. Uh, it, it is really composed of deep principles that really come from 7,000 years ago. And the principles are based on harmony with nature. The Chinese back in the day wouldn't create a village. They wouldn't move from one village to another uh, when, when their population expanded unless they sent out some shamans. And the shamans would get in touch with the place, the location that they found. Sometimes they would fast for months and weeks at a time. They would get very clear. They would set out on a journey. And they wanted to select a place that was going to be safe for the villagers, prosperous, have fertile lands, and also an elevated area for their ancestors. So they tasted the ground for mineral content. They tested the wind for the direction. They doused for water. And they checked for the areas where invaders could attack. They scouted for wildlife and and sea fish that would sustain the village. So when they really got serious about moving a population, they would do all of these things, which they learned from nature. So they began to formalize this practice. And I'll tell you something, it was really serious. Because if the shaman, if, if the feng shui master went out and he was wrong about the land and things didn't prosper and people were attacked, they would kill him. So his <laughs> life was... That his life was literally at stake for finding the right place. And so he, they all decided, that the, the shamans decided that they would form a series of principles and practices that they could all live by. And live, of course, is underlined because they didn't want to <laughs> meet their uh, maker too soon. Um, and so they, they said, well, there are two forces in the world. There is the consciousness, and that is the wind. And then there is the unconscious, which is the water. But the wind is where the interior is, where subconscious hopes and dreams live in the wind. And the water is the manifestation of the invisible thoughts and dreams from the wind. So sometimes you can see the symbols of feng shui. You'll see a, a Chinese character over 
another Chinese character, and that doesn't mean that it dominates it, but it tells us that it's the chief. So the wind, where the mind is, where the intentions are, the wind dictates what will happen in the water, and that is feng shui. It is about manipulating our external world from our internal world. Wow, and uh, it, it sounds like it's uh, fairly complicated. So you mentioned that uh, in in I mentioned in your bio that that feng shui is both an art and a science. So tell us a little bit about the science of feng shui. Well, the science is really based on the the, the principles of nature. And so you want to work with the invisible. It is the it is changing externals to work with the invisible in order to create more external. It's it's kind of a a a, a, a process by which you look at what you have, you make sure that you are connected to it, and you get rid of anything that does not serve your intention. For example, the feng shui masters came up with, there are two schools. Let me just start and say there's two schools of feng shui. One is called form school, and it's based on a square. And there's another one called compass school, and it's based on very complicated, superstitious things that have to do with directions and birth dates and, uh, you know, a lot of astrology involved and flying stars. I don't support that because that is, I think, way too complicated and beyond what we need to do. We need to get our minds and our environment in sync, and then the chi will flow, and we surround ourselves with what's in our mind and in our hearts, and that's where it's important. As an example, uh, Mao Zedong used feng shui to arise to the top, and this was in 1949, and when he got to the top of his uh, political career, he banned feng shui from China. The only way we still have the practices from China is because they were preserved in Taiwan. And oh, wow. everybody was banned. And if you were caught using feng shui, and why? Because Mao Zedong knew the power of controlling your environment and your intention. He knew the power of feng shui, and he didn't want anybody else to use it so that they could topple him in any way. That's how he stayed in power for so long, because he banned the use of feng shui. So now, uh, Kek, is feng shui used in every aspect? Uh, for example, I know my original introduction to feng shui was, like you said earlier, just moving a few pieces of furniture around in the house and putting a couple of mirrors up in uh, hallways and, and things like that. Does it have anything to do with our external outdoors uh, living areas? It does it as much if there is constriction. If there is, we start with four principles. My, my four principles are that everything in the world is alive. Everything is connected. Everything is conscious. 
and everything is always changing. And those are the four principles on which you begin this practice. And what you do is you go through your home. First of all, I mentioned the Bagua chart, the the square form that the shamans Mm -hmm. came up with uh, 7,000 years ago. And each one of them is divided into a section of your house, and it applies to... Uh, part of your life as well. So if there is a corner that is for wealth and prosperity, it means not only what's in your bank account, but it means the consciousness you have about wealth and prosperity. In some parts of the world, prosperity and wealth means a house and a car and money in the bank. In other parts of the world, prosperity means a few goats and a couple of sheep. So it depends on what, uh, where you are and what your culture is about prosperity, and you can change it. So the idea of feng shui is that we move the energy in our, env- in our environment to suit what's on our mind and in our heart, and that we have the power to do that. One of the ways to do that is by rearranging the things in your life and making sure, and I go back to live only with what you love. That will simplify your life. Now, having just been through the Thomas fires and watching people lose everything, and I lost 30% of my house, you you get back to what's really, really important. When people yeah. say to you, what would you have saved from the fire, you really, uh, 10 top things pop into your mind. And, of course, it's the people and the pets. And the, but then what else? You know, a lot of people, it's memories. Some people, it's the uh, their computer. But you know when you go into each room, and, and when I advise my clients, well, I walk with them through their house from the front door, and I go over to the left, and we work the house in that manner, room by room by room, and we take a look at what's there, and I give them homework, and that is to, when I'm gone, based on the chart that I leave them, uh, go into each room and talk to everything in your house. Talk to the paintings on the wall. Talk to the couch. Talk to the pillows. Do you love it? If you don't love it, then you recycle it, you give it away, you do something. Nothing in your environment should be a have to. Everything should be a choice, and it should be something that you love. Now, if you're with a family and you have other people, then you have to do this as a group. Everybody has to be uh, in agreement on this. But as you go section by section and room by room, you look at things, well, I don't need that. I don't need that. You know, knickknacks do us no good unless they are some very precious individual things. Mostly, they're clutter. You could have one, (laughs) and it would do the same thing for you as an entire collection of, I don't know, little goats or something, whatever it is. (laughs) The cleaner and the purer your environment, the more able the chi, the energy, the prana, the mana, the numa is able to flow, and that's what you want. You want energy to flow through your house because you want your life to be alive. You want your life to be enhanced by your environment. 
And if you want to have a relationship, you go over into that corner of your house and you make sure that you do certain things that allow you to attract relationships. And you want to, you want to do a couple of things. You want to get rid of unnecessary clutter. Donate it. Give it away. Do something to it. Get it out of your life. And the other thing you want to do is put things in your life that you cherish and that you love and that when you walk into that room, you go, aha, I'm happy here. That's the feeling that you want. Wow. Well, that is, uh, yeah, that that's a great place to start. And, yeah, it, it, it sounds like feng shui is a just a new beginning and a place to start. Well, Kak, it is almost time for a break. So, folks, when we come back from the break, we will continue on this conversation. So don't go away. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Healthcare has been a major part of news stories today with one thing that has been consistent. Inconsistency. Both healthcare providers and patients have to work around and get used to a constantly changing set of rules and issues. Nurses have historically been left out of this decision making. Listen to Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse. Exploring the world of nursing with host Leanne Meyer. Health professionals, we invite you to share your ideas and experiences while listening to experts in various areas of nursing. Listen Mondays at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Health and Wellness. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Are you feeling stuck? Sometimes we just need a little help from a friend. Go beyond ordinary healing and experience the extraordinary healing journey possible with custom healing code coaching with Dr. Marianne Chase. Visit TheHealingWhisper.com. Dr. Chase's coaching sessions can be conducted via Skype or by telephone. If you have half an hour to devote to getting yourself out of that rut, Dr. Marianne is ready to be that friend. Visit TheHealingWhisper.com and click Coaching. When a woman is diagnosed with breast cancer, it's probably the most frightening thing that's ever happened to her. Friends and family often don't know what to do for support, not to mention the patient herself. That's where Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio comes in. Join Becky Olson and Sharon Hennepin, breast cancer survivors and advocates. They help by providing inspiration, information, and most of all, hope. Tune in Wednesdays at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel and Thursdays at 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Women's Channel. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. You are listening to The Healing Whisper, a return to peace. If you would like to comment or have a question about our show today, please call in to 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. If you'd rather send an email, our email address is thehealingwhisper at mindspring.com. Now back to the show. Welcome to the show. This is Dr. Marianne Chase, and my guest today is Kak Young, and we are talking about feng shui. And just before the break, 
Kak was telling us how to go through your home and talk to everything. Do you love it? Do you not love it? Do you need it? And declutter. If you don't love something, if it doesn't speak to you, uh, find a new home for it. So um, let's just continue on this conversation, uh, Kak, with about what to do on the inside next after you've decluttered and gotten rid of the pieces that don't love. Well, I think your key word there is inside. And what that means is this is not just an external process, but it's an internal process, too. It's a clearing. So it doesn't matter if you're talking about inside of your house or outside in your garden and the environs around your home. What you what you think about and what you look at is that, uh, you know, everything is alive. So we, we know that people are alive and our pets are alive, but do we know that every plant and every rock and every brick and even the forks in our drawer are alive, they have a consciousness of being that very thing. So quantum physics proves to us that life at the life begins at the atomic and the uh, molecular level for everything. So even a molecule that we look at as, as dead, like a rock, is really alive, and it's, it's living as a rock. So things also that are alive, which everything is, they have thoughts and feelings and emotions. So subconsciously, we react to everything that we touch, feel, see, and hear with an emotion or a thought. So what are the things in your house or in your garden that, uh, what are they saying to you when they look back at you? Uh, the, your whole environment is alive with chat in its own language and in its own way, and you need to find out if that's negative or positive. So you become ruthless with the negative. And if something isn't speaking to your positive side and uplifting you, then like a weed in a garden, you get rid of it. You pluck it out. You don't need it. Anything that uh, might be shameful from the past or brings you down has to go. Uh, everything is also connected. So we, we think about the world who, not the world what. And it's molecularly connected. It's also invisibly connected with a chain of energy. The objects and the items that we surround ourselves are not random. We have chosen those. So we need to check back in with them and see if they are still suitable for who we are today. Okay. Yeah. Well, that, that makes a lot of sense because there are some pieces of furniture. I'll just take, for example, in my home, I have a sofa that I have in my office. It was given to me by my mother, and I absolutely love that sofa. I have pictures of me as a tiny infant being held in my sister's arms on this sofa. Of course, the upholstery is different, but it's the same frame. And I love this sofa. But I have another sofa in my home that was also given to me by my mom. And 
my feeling about that sofa is meh. <laughs> I can take it or leave it. <laughs> well, you know, that's that's exactly the point here. And if if the other if the meh sofa isn't appealing to you, then maybe it needs to go find a better place where someone will treasure it. And the idea of Getting rid of things is really to recirculate them, not to just dump them, but we recirculate them, and somebody else will love that sofa. So you're giving it a chance at a higher calling. And so it sounds like feng shui isn't so much about pathways going in certain directions and uh, your your arrangement of things in the house, but more about the energy and do you connect with it? Yes, absolutely. And there is some arrangement uh, as well. If you if you walk into somebody's house and you face the back of a sofa, that's off-putting. So you want the space to be open and the energy to flow. So when you look at your environment, you say, you know, how do I feel when I walk in here? And if it's all closed in or there's a bookshelf right there or there's some, some people have plants that are really pokey and, and they, they are thistly and you don't want that at your entrance, for example, because <laughs> that tells people, go away, go away. And, and so you want things that are welcoming and easy and, and flowing. So you would, you would change that sofa around so that it would be on the other side. And when you walk in, it, you, the, the energy can flow. You think of energy as a breeze and, and where will the breeze get trapped? And that's what you want to open up the whole floor plan so that the energy can flow. And you'll feel it. You know, we all know the feeling when we walk into a space. In fact, in my workshops, I ask people to close their eyes and I say, okay, now envision a place, a space that you've been into where you feel magnificent. And where is that space? And just think about what's in it and think about the colors and think about why you like that so much. And people can do that and they come out and say, oh, yeah, well, I could make my house like that. And chances are it is not a really dark, closed-in place with lots of books and stacked newspapers. It's a place that is open and where the energy, where the chi flows freely and that's what the human soul really enjoys and that's what the ancient Chinese shamans knew they knew that you had to be in touch with nature and the more you were in touch with nature the happier you are so gardens become important to us we bring that life inside us as we look out our window so might the plants that we choose in our gardens be very important. You mentioned not to put something spiky or pointy, maybe at the entrance, and so in the more southern climates, they might want to put a yucca at the front door. So that might not be a recommended plant, but to find something else at their front if they live, say, for example, in the desert, um, that's softer. Well, yes, and there are different types of yucca and different types of cactus, cacti, for example. So you could choose one that does not say to the person, your life is threatened. 
Um, <laughs> I did feng shui consult on somebody's house once, and I had to kind of work my way up the front porch through all these vines. And then when I got inside, there were some plants that I sort of went, gee, I hope I don't snag something on that as I walk in. And so that's not a real welcoming. And this person was concerned about not having a lot of social relationships. And I can tell you, you know, I was pretty obvious. And I said, well, uh, okay, for starters, we need to get your gardener over here because that's going to help open this up. And people won't be terrified when they walk in to see you. And this person was just <laughs> not even aware of that. But once their eyes are opened, once you understand about energy and, and the flow and your connection to it, you know, he was he was busy trimming all of his stuff back so that it was an open open place to come into. And it's subtle. And but once we understand what we're doing, once we understand that that our inner world and our outer world are so indelibly connected, then we become freer with our ability to change things around to suit what we want. Well, that that's absolutely excellent. During the break, Kak, you mentioned to me about four elements uh, or four things involved with the science of uh, feng shui? Yes. Well, the, the four principles, as I mentioned, is everything is alive and everything is connected. And we've kind of gone through those. The third principle is that everything is conscious. And consciousness, as we are familiar, is the basic building block of matter. The entire universe is conscious. So when we open up or when we um, turn on our consciousness at a conscious level, then we really can tune it into what it is we want to manifest completely. It's It's like we get out of the way of what our negative thinking is thinking and change that into something positive that we want. And we all change. What we liked in our 20s, we might not like in our 40s and 50s. It's the cycle of birth and death that goes on before us and around us and in us. It is a rhythm that is connected in our DNA. So things have life cycles even... Even uh, plants, even sofas, even things, uh, pet paintings, what you liked early on you might not, li- might not like now, so you need to change those and recycle those. Again, the whole basis is the movement of energy on the outside so that it can also change you on the inside for the better. Wow, okay. So are there any particular items that help move that energy Uh, just say for example uh, things that make sound like bells or chimes wind chimes are there things like that that help well there are you what we want to do is stimulate the chi and the flow of energy and if you uh, the wealth and prosperity corner of your house is there, there are, by the way, nine squares in the Bagua chart, in the Bagua map, and people can look that up online if they want to. But in the corner of the wealth and prosperity corner, the colors of that, there are, for the sections, there are colors, 
and there are icons, and there is a balance needed of all the five elements in order for the chi to really operate uh, fully and completely the way you want it to. So... To stir the chi, you can use chimes, you can use a water fountain, you can use uh, fish, you can use live plants, you can use anything that brings life and energy into that particular room. Now, you don't want to overdo it, but you do want to have the sense of energy alive there. And that's, that's what my consultations do, and that's what my book talks about. It's, it's not something you can do on a weekend. You really have to study this. You really have to put some time in if you want to use the principles of feng shui for yourself. It's not a matter of uh, just changing a couple of pillows and a lamp. It's about really <laughs> doing the inner work before you do the outer work to determine what you really want in your life and chat with each room find out, just get rid of the things that are encumbering you in some way. Okay. And and so it really is work from the inside out? Yes, work from the inside out. And ask yourself the six top questions. One, do I love it? Two, do I need it? Three, does it reflect who I am? Four, How does it make me feel? Five, does it need to be fixed or repaired? And six, when am I really willing to begin this journey and this commitment to myself to change my life? Right, and so that number six kind of sounds like a a primary importance because if you're not ready to make change in your life, anything that you do would be just kind of a waste of time. <laughs> yes. And some people think, oh, well, you know, I can just read the book and it'll all happen magically. No, you really have to do some of the work. Now, it's not arduous. It just takes some time and it takes some focus. But the changes that you can manifest, the shifts in your life are life-changing and amazing. This old formula, this ancient formula does work. Otherwise, it wouldn't have been around this long and Mao Zedong wouldn't have come to power. So if you really want to shift your life, become familiar with feng shui. Use those principles of the conscious and the subconscious and manifest these things in your life through your environment. And one is so interconnected to the other that your outside life can't help but change when you begin to monkey around with your inner life and your thinking. Wow. Well, you know, it, it sounds very profound. But then we have to remember that you have to be ready to make the changes yourself. Folks, it's time for the break. So when we come back, we will continue this conversation about feng shui. Don't go away. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. 
Healthcare has been a major part of news stories today with one thing that has been consistent inconsistency. Both healthcare providers and patients have to work around and get used to a constantly changing set of rules and issues. Nurses have historically been left out of this decision making. Listen to Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse, exploring the world of nursing with host Leanne Meyer. Health professionals, we invite you to share your ideas and experiences while listening to experts in various areas of nursing. Listen Mondays at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Health and Wellness. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Are you feeling stuck? Sometimes we just need a little help from a friend. Go beyond ordinary healing and experience the extraordinary healing journey possible with custom healing code coaching with Dr. Marianne Chase. Visit TheHealingWhisper.com. Dr. Chase's coaching sessions can be conducted via Skype or by telephone. If you have half an hour to devote to getting yourself out of that rut, Dr. Marianne is ready to be that friend. Visit TheHealingWhisper.com and click Coaching. When a woman is diagnosed with breast cancer, it's probably the most frightening thing that's ever happened to her. Friends and family often don't know what to do for support, not to mention the patient herself. That's where Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio comes in. Join Becky Olson and Sharon Hennepin, breast cancer survivors and advocates. They help by providing inspiration, information, and most of all, hope. Tune in Wednesdays at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel and Thursdays at 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Women's Channel. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. are listening to the healing whisper of return to peace if you would like to comment or have a question about our show today please call in to 1-866-472-5792 that's 1-866-472-5792 if you'd rather send an email our email address is the healing whisper at mindspring.com now back to the show Hello and welcome back to the show. This is Dr. Mary Ann Chase and today's guest is Kak Young and we are talking about Feng Shui. Not only are we talking about Feng Shui for your self, your house, but also for your garden. And you know what? Feng Shui will help, it seems, with the inner garden as well. And so, uh, Kak, Tell us how to get your book, the Feng Shui book that you have written. Let's see. Feng Shui the Easy Way. Feng Shui the Easy Way, right. Um, there are two websites where you can purchase it. One is called the Feng Shui Specialists, and that's my Feng Shui uh, uh, website. You can also get it at kakyoung.com, and it's also available on Amazon. It's called Feng Shui the Easy Way because I wanted people to um, not buy a book and then, you know, get frustrated because they feel that it's so complicated. 
And I would advise people, stick with forum school. It's easy. It's effective. I've been using it for 25 years, and I find that the changes that I can manifest by using the feng shui principles in my own life uh, are, are amazing, are just absolutely amazing. So don't get discouraged. Uh, just do it the easy way, and my book lays it out for you. And, and there's also information available online. But use my book as a template because it really walks you through the whole process. Excellent, excellent. And I, I just would like to mention that feng shui is spelled, the first word is feng, F as in Frank, E, N as in no, and G. So, and then shui is S-H-U-I. And uh, so that's <laughs> how you spell feng shui. And uh, if you misspell it, Amazon would just not find it for you. So, Anyway, so now, it seems to me, from what you've been telling us, CAC, that feng shui is when you are doing things with feng shui, it's about, first of all, you be ready for change, and then be open to what Everything in your place, your home, your wherever you live, outside and inside, is telling you. Is, is that accurate? Absolutely. It's about listening to your environment and not just storing things away and shoving them on shelves, but really considering whether you need something, whether you love something, whether it's... Uh, suiting you at the moment, whether you've moved beyond it, and it, and whether it needs to be repaired. There's nothing worse than having a clock on our mantle where it doesn't work. I mean, what is that telling us? That That's telling us a lot of negative messages, like either I don't have time for anything, or I have too much time, or my time is broken. It's, it's telling us all kinds of negative things <laughs> about ourselves. So everything in your environment should be working. And if it's not working, put it aside until you can afford to get it fixed. But don't have stuff out that's broken or chipped or falling apart or legs that are falling off. Make sure that everything around you is in tip-top shape, just like you want yourself to be. You don't want to uh, go out into the world broken. You want to be energetic and healthy and whole. So keep your house that way, too. And keep your place uncluttered if there's just stuff everywhere that is uh, sucking the energy out of not only your living space but out of you is that uh, true yeah well it's like having a dish a sink full of dirty dishes so let's say there you go you're ready to cook dinner and your whole sink is is cluttered with dirty dishes you can't Work around that. You don't have access to your sink, so you have to stop down, clear up your sink, put them all away, and now you can begin dinner. Otherwise, you're, you're fighting against all these things in your way to kind of create something that you want to nourish your body with. You want to put good things with good energy into your body. And you can't do that if something is cluttered and crawling with cockroaches. So you... You have to uh, look at your uh, 
environment is a workspace, like an artist would look at a canvas. You don't want layers and layers of old cruddy paint on it. No, you want to start with a fresh canvas, and you want to put each stroke on that canvas intentionally and with effort and with joy and choose the colors that you want. Now, the Bagua map gives you suggestions of what colors empower each section that relates to your life. There's knowledge and self-cultivation. There's health. There's wealth and prosperity. There is love and marriage. There's creativity and children. There's fame and reputation. There is helpful people and travel, and there's career. And then in the very, very center is the center, which connects all the dots around, connects all of the squares. So you want to make sure that in the center you have items of balance. You have things that really are balanced, and you don't have, uh, you know, too much fire, too much water, too much earth, too much metal. You want to balance all of those elements. And that that's a little bit of a learning curve to know what those represent and to how they show up in your environment. But it's easy. Uh, it, you just have to take a little time to learn them. And then you want to have a balance of each element in each room. And that's what you feel when you walk into places where you feel grounded and secure. You can pretty much be sure that there is a balance of all five elements in that environment okay so that makes that makes a lot of sense so where you have each element balanced in one item or is it a single element in each of these uh, squares in the Bagua map in each square or in each room you want to have all five elements balanced so uh, okay. uh, you just have to make sure that in each room there's a balance of all five of the elements, earth, water, tree, fire, and metal. And those, all, those five elements have to be present in each area and balanced. Okay. That, uh, yeah, so now uh, I want to ask you about indoor uh, plants, house plants. So now we've got earth with that and uh, water because the plant needs to be watered and uh, what else is in a house plant? Well, the house plant itself is probably a thing called tree or wood, and it has earth because it's in the earth, it's in the ground there. Depends on what kind of a pot it's in. If it's a, uh, a pastel pot, that would represent metal because metal is represented by uh, pastel colors, and then you would have the water in there. And if you wanted to add fire to a plant, you could probably add a bone or a feather, something that represents the animal world because animals represent fire. So you could, in a plant, have all the elements balanced right there. The same thing is with a fish tank. You, would, you could have water in a fish tank. You could have the fish, which represents fire. You would have rocks in the bottom, which represent metal. And you would have the square shape of the aquarium, which would represent wood. So you have all the elements represented in a small little aquarium if you want to do it that way as well. Plus, you have the beauty of a fish. You have the friendship of a fish. 
Yeah. <laughs> Just make sure you keep it clean and keep the fish fed and don't let it die. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Nothing worse for your feng shui is a dead fish. Well, and, it, you know, that, that also reminds me, there's nothing worse for feng shui than a dead or dying houseplant, and you need to learn how to take care of it, and if it's on its way out, and you know what, everything has its cycle, and everything will be at some point in time on its way out, um, please dispose of that from your home and it's important to dispose of cut flowers that have finished their beauty in their vase of water is is that uh, a proper assessment Keck? Yes, uh, absolutely. And some people say to me, well, I know what I'll do. I'll just put silk flowers all the way around or I'll just put plastic flowers. And I say, well, you could, but it's better if you do the real thing because we're talking about energy here. We're talking about living, breathing life. And I just don't recommend, oh, there's my dog barking. I just don't recommend uh, using anything that isn't authentic. Right. So um, a a fake fig tree in a pot is just not where it's at. (laughs) Right. I mean, if you live underground in a bunker, I would say, okay, and that's your only source of a tree or plant, okay. But otherwise, if you have the ability to have a live tree or a live plant, then you, you need to have the the living thing with you. Yeah. Well, it it just seems to me, and I I spoke about this in my show a couple of weeks ago, about being grounded. And the best way to be grounded is to walk barefoot on dirt all the time. But when you can't do that, there are ways to ground yourself indoors and uh, like for example I'm standing on a grounding mat right now just so that I can be grounded and having live plants in your home is another way of being grounded. Now Keck, now when we have cut flowers, real cut flowers they have uh, been disconnected from their mother plant. Is there a limit of time before we even see that flower begin to wilt that it's losing its um, feng shui benefit? Well, the benefit of beauty is everlasting. So as okay. long as something holds its beauty, it's worthwhile to us. It, it cheers up our environment. We look at it. It's beautiful. The minute it begins to lose that vitality, that's the time to let it go, to compost it, or to send it into another uh, environment. But as long as something is pleasing to you, do you love it? If you love it, that's great. I, you know, I kept roses from my very first boyfriend for a couple decades because I loved them. It made me feel good when I looked at them. It made me laugh because I remember the note that came with them. 
so I... I kept them for a long time, and then finally they just said, "Okay, I'm done. I need to go in. I need to go be buried in the ground." So I listened <laughs> to them and I took them out. Um, wh- one funny story is I had a person in the marina who asked me, "Would you come and feng shui my yacht?" And I said, "Sure." So we did a feng shui on her yacht. Now it's long and narrow, and we have to create a square there. But in order to do the balancing of the elements, certainly she had a lot of water around. She had fire in the form of her electronics and her stove, but she didn't have any plants, didn't have any earth. So we got a little... Uh, grow thing of grass. Uh, we got a little thing from the nursery, and she could grow grass in the back of her uh, boat there. So that gave her a sense of earth, and it gave her a sense of plant life. And so she had it there on her yacht, and that changed everything for them. First of all, it was a curiosity. People would come on board and say, what in the heck have you got there? You have a dog? Is that uh, the dog potty? And she would laugh <laughs> and say, no, no, that's uh, that's grounding. That's me, earth and tree. That's my plant thing. That, that I'm balanced now in feng shui. And then people would say, okay, great. Uh, Perfect. And that opens up, of course, more conversations. But it was always very funny. So we, we, we make things work for ourselves, even in strange environments. Well, yeah. And people have lived forever on the water in some sort of boat or, you know, raft or whatever. And, uh, but they usually get off on to land. Now, this question came to me, and it, it may not apply to anything. We have a couple of minutes here, CAC. Um, now, when people plant things indoors in pots, is there a particular type of pot, say, for example, uh, a clay or ceramic type pot that is better than the other? Well, it depends on what the plant requires, and it depends on the type of soil you have and the type of water you have. Certain uh, certain pots uh, can absorb the minerals and deprive the plant. Other pots are can help sustain that. So you really have to check the pH of your soil and you have to figure out what the health of your plants are and you have to decide what you need. Now, earthenware pots uh, are earth. They cut their pottery and so they represent the element earth. If you have too much earth in a room, you don't want to add that. You'd probably go for a fiberglass pot or some other kind of a pot. Also pay attention to color. Color is represented by the different elements as well. So uh, earth colors, for example, are the earth tones, the deep, rich colors of the earth, the browns and the deep magentas and the deep uh, oranges and the, and the yellows. That's all representative of earth. Metal, as I mentioned before, is all pastel colors. So whatever you're lacking in balance in that room, you can fulfill by the ways of an, uh, of an icon or by the way of color or certainly also by texture. Uh, there's also ways okay. to incorporate Can, sound. You know, I, I really hate to interrupt because I am learning so much. But, you know, the time has come to end the show. And until next week, folks, I want to give you blessings and check out CAC's book, Feng Shui, The Easy Way. Blessings. Thank you again for taking the advice of your heart. 
and tuning in to The Healing Whisper, A Return to Peace. Please join your host, Dr. Marianne Chase, again next Friday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time, on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. We hope to talk to you again next week. Thank you.